0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 20th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. These are anything but usual times, my friend. Uh, Jay Book, you live in the Phoenix, Arizona area. What are some things you and your family are doing to pass the time with no sports? And just how are you getting along, man? Yeah,
1: it's been interesting to to say the least. Uh, For us, it's kind of a lifestyle change. The gyms are closed down, so... My wife and I have been getting up in the mornings and uh, getting just outdoor workouts in in order to try to keep us sane with both of us being very active. But other than that, it's, it's just kind of been business as usual here out in Arizona, and you and I were talking off air. It's just it's kind of weird here watching you guys from afar, seeing how strength and how uh, on top of things Mike DeWine is. It's been pretty uh, kind of lackadaisical out in these neck of the woods. Obviously, um, they canceled spring training, and but for the most part, everybody's just kind of going about their business. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So hopefully, uh, things keep going for the for the better for the country. But as far as you know, sports is concerned, Ohio State recruiting has pretty much been keeping me sane. Has been between Ohio State recruiting and an NFL free agency. Those two things have pretty much captured the headlines in sports this past week.
0: Yeah, thank goodness for both of those. And we're going to get into a lot of Ohio State football recruiting on the show today. We've been talking about that all week. Um, I did want to start the show off talking about something a little bit different. Looking at the season itself, the 2020 college football season. ESPN's Football Power Index, you know, recently came out with the rankings. And not an opinion; it's a, a computer you know, with using advanced analytics, a formula using advanced analytics, and they spit out that Clemson's going to be the number one team, the favorite to win the national championship, number two, Ohio State, number three, Oklahoma, number four, Alabama, number five, Penn State. I don't think there's any big surprises in there. Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Penn State. But just curious to get your take on that, Jay Book.
1: Yeah, not a surprise as you see some of the blue bloods right there in the, in the top five there a little surprised with Penn State being there, especially this is a program that really struggled in their bowl game with Memphis. They gave up, you know, 40-plus points, and it was an absolute shootout. So I, I'm surprised that they're that high on them uh, heading into the preseason. I know they have some returning pieces coming back, but the thing that you have to look at at Penn State is they've had a tremendous amount of coaching turnover over the last several years. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be – Obviously, Ohio State and Clemson, the top two dogs there. I think Alabama's going to be able to reclaim their perch in the SEC. I think you're going to see a massive drop-off from LSU, especially with Joe Gone, and you're starting to see uh, uh, turnover on their coaching staff as well. So I think Alabama will be there. But a lot of people believe that Alabama's reign as a a dynasty is starting to come to an end. If you kind of look at the the 24-7 recruiting, Alabama's always right up there banging for those top spots. They are really struggling on the recruiting trail when it comes to this recruiting cycle. So it, it maybe maybe some people down in SEC country are holding out hope to see what Alabama's going to do this year. But I, it'll be interesting because that the thing about Alabama was that defense was atrocious this past year. Um, but as far as top to bottom roster, um, as far as the roster go and the coaching, I think is going to be Ohio State and Clemson staring down at each other again.
0: All right, as promised, let's talk some recruiting. Last time you and I talked, Ohio State had the number one class in the country for twenty twenty one, had a pretty you know decent le- little lead over Clemson. Since then, they have been on fire. They have now <laughs> have this crazy lead. They've uh, got commits from four kids this week alone. All highly rated kids. I guess Devontae Smith isn't highly rated yet, but everybody thinks he's going to be a four-star. Eventually he's just very underrated right now. But this recruiting juggernaut that's going on for the Buckeyes, Jay Book, go.
1: It's just tremendous. I mean, what can you say? There's not, There's not another college football program right now that is recruiting at the highest level. As Ohio State right now, I just for uh, some time's sake because things are pretty slow here and you know being off work, I went ahead and just searched the boards on twenty four seven, and a lot of it, a lot of talk there during that run was people just couldn't believe how how hot Ohio State was on the recruiting trail, getting a couple laughs definitely from the Michigan boards over their meltdown, but it, it's just a, a testament to Ryan Day and his coaching staff. You have a unified coaching staff that are really competing. I mean, when you look at the 24-7 recruiting rankings, out of the top eight, five of those coaches are from Ohio State. So to say that elite recruiting is happening at Ohio State right now is an understatement. And if you look at Steve Wolfong's article in regards to the potential to come, if Ohio State can nail down their top targets that they're leading for or they're in the top two for It's going to be in a historic class. It's going to be, um, as far as recruiting points go, the best class in the history of recruiting rankings. And you already have a couple five stars and high-end talent here, but there's a lot of meat left on the bone when it comes to securing some commitment from other high-end talent that's waiting there.
0: Travion Henderson could be next. I mean, in fact, it sounds like it's just you know a matter of time before he's in the class. I don't know if he'll be next, but he could be the next one uh, to join up. Evan Pryor. Committed on Monday, the number five running back in the country, Travion Henderson, is the number two running back in the country according to the 24/7 Sports Composite. But is the number one running back in the country according to the in-house 24/7 Sports rankings. I absolutely love his film. I think anybody who <laughs> would watch the film would just fall in love with this kid. I mean, I like Evan Pryor's film a lot too. I think Evan Pryor's probably playing against you know tougher competition. Although Virginia has good high school football, I don't know specifically about the the, the competition that. Travion Henderson's going up against, but bottom line is it looks really good for Ohio State to land Travion Henderson. It looks great for them to land Travion Henderson. So I want to ask you this. Of the guys that are currently committed, or the guys that we think are going to be in the class, like Travion Henderson, maybe a JT two-a-mile a low. I'll we'll talk about him a little bit. Bill Curlick has crystal balled him to Ohio State, the number one defensive tackle in the country. So of the current commits, Jay Book, and, and the guys that we think are going to be in the class, who excites you the most? You can, you can name more than one guy.
1: Yeah, uh- I mean, i'll I'll start with uh, I'll start with Henderson because he is prime time, and you can't mention Henderson without mentioning Tony Alford. You and I have spoken numerous times uh, on our Friday uh, Bucknuss call in regards to Tony Alford and a lot of the heat that he was getting from the fan base when and when it came to the recruiting numbers for last year. And the thing that you and I have been pretty consistent about is. Tony just didn't forget to recruit overnight. Uh, things fell into place last year where it was unfortunate that the, the top guys that they had on their board basically committed back out at the last minute. So to be in the position that you're in right now with Trevion Henderson, not even stepping foot on campus speaks volumes in regards to Tony Alford's recruiting job this cycle. He's the, he's the number two recruiter in the country, in college football behind Brian Hartline. But Henderson, I am really, really happy about the direction this is going. Think about Reggie Bush in Ryan Day's offense. That's what type of guy that you're getting as far as explosiveness, top-end speed. He's he's a track sprinter. Um, Right before things got canceled there, there was clips of him just absolutely showing top-end speed in his indoor track running. Uh, he's a six-one, two hundred 210 210-pound back already that can pop the top off the defense. That's what you want to see, a prime-time back. And the thing that you have to really like about Henderson is him and Evan Pryor really complement each other. They're two different style of backs, but very, very efficient. Both guys are sub 11.0 uh, 11, um, speedy and 100. So you're getting some guys that can really take it to the house Um, But him and the fact that they are potentially leading for J.T.T. Amalu out of Washington, the number one player in the country, the defensive tackle, you have to mention his name because he's a difference maker inside. If you compare him with the guys that that you're in the running for in the defensive line, you're talking about a monster, monster front for Ohio State it's going to be sad for the Big Ten because you look at this top-end talent here, it's not even close compared to other Big Ten teams. They can't even hold a candle. If you look at the 14 commits that they currently have in the class, this class will rank 10th in the country um, in the last recruiting cycle ahead of Michigan and Penn State, ahead of um, any other team in the Big Ten. So just with a half a class, that's how talented – this year's recruiting class is. And I think they're going to hit it out the park. I know uh, Ryan Day or a, uh, a recruit said that they text Ryan Day this week, and one of the topics that Ryan Day even talked to them about was making history, which is bringing in the best class in the history. So not only are us fans and, and media is talking about it, but it's a point of emphasis within the program that they know what's at stake here and the fact that they're even – throwing that out to the to the recruits tell you that guys are buying into it. Now you kinda look at it as the the dream team, not necessarily a dream team, but the LeBron James type of thing where top players want to play with top guys. A lot of these a lot of these high end recruits, they're all in group messaging and group chats. They're all talking to each other. Um, our commits are doing a heck of a job selling the Hall State program. I know uh, a lot of the commits were on Snapchat Live saying that they know for sure there are three more guys uh, which are silent commits. Who they are, you know, you guys can figure it out. But the, the kids are saying there's already three more high end guys that they know for sure is in already, and they're looking pretty good for uh, quite a bit more.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. They're not just going to coast to the finish here. It's just going to get better. You know, when, when JT Tuimaloau has crystal balls in for Ohio State from Bill Green and Bill Kurlik, uh yeah, I think Buckeye fans should feel good about that. That's just huge news. On the other end of the spectrum, Michigan only has two commitments. They're ranked 30th in the country. Now, the two commits they have are, you know, a five-star and a four-star, so they have two good commitments. Um, but here's the problem for Michigan, though. You look at their top targets They don't seem like they have a very good chance of landing very many of their top targets. They might have a bevy of three stars in this class, and I mean to say the gap is going to just get wider between Ohio State and Michigan is a complete understatement. And maybe Michigan can turn it around and, you know, salvage this class. It's still very early, but they are off to a terrible start. Yeah,
1: they they're struggling and I find it hilarious. Um, because they thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be their savior. He was going to be the one that comes in and saves the program, and it's looking awful for them. It's been 10 months since they got a commitment. I mean, Ohio, Ohio State has 14 commits compared to their two, and uh, a lot of their top in-state guys are, are looking elsewhere. If you, if you look at some of the, the crystal ball conversations that's, that's been going on on 24-7, a lot of their in-state guys are being crystal ball to leave, and if you're Michigan and you're at minimum trying to compete at a high level, you got to keep those in-state guys home. And you look at Garrett Dillinger, um, offensive tackle for them. He's you know top, he's number four tackle twenty four seven, and it's been a run of crystal balls to LSU. That's the guy that Michigan and, and back in Lloyd Carr days would be keeping home. So the fact that Donovan Edwards is maybe going to get shut out here, and that may open the door for them because Henderson may decide to grab that other running back spot, it's just a situation where Michigan is not, they're not attracted to kids right now. A lot of the high-end prospects, they're looking elsewhere, even in-state, and I think the biggest thing is it's not necessarily Michigan's brand but the fact that they can't develop talent. They're not developing guys. You look at Ohio State, you look at um, the other SEC teams, they are putting bodies in the NFL. Michigan is struggling. Michigan will beat up on the powder puff teams like the Rutgers and and the Maryland's like they're supposed to. But you play a team with a pulse um, or on the road, they will fold. They will get hit in the mouth and they will fold, and that's just kind of been the M.O., of the program right now under jim harbaugh's direction so it's not only uh something that the fans see or the media the kids are seeing it right now
0: looks like trey sermon is going to transfer and be a buckeye he was at oklahoma of course the previous three seasons ohio state was one of his five finals when he was being recruited out of the state of georgia at a high school to me, this seems like a perfect fit because the Buckeyes need running backs, you know, and Trey Sermon's not looking to be a guy that probably wants to carry the ball 25 times a game coming off a torn ACL. Uh, you look at the crystal ball picks. Yes, everybody that doesn't know, we have crystal ball picks even for transfers. That's how we do it at 24-7 sports. We've no stone unturned. Again, keep name dropping here. Bill Green, Bill Curlic has have crystal balled Trey Sermon to Ohio State. Sean Fitz, Penn State insider, has crystal balled Trey Sermon to Penn State and those are the only crystal ball picks that are in for Trey Sermon. So it's looking good uh, if he does become a Buckeye. Uh, what would be your thoughts? What should fans expect out of Trey Sermon as a senior?
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a situation where it's just a matter of if not, you know, when or, you know, when when is it going to happen, um, to say because of all of the visits being cancelled because of the coronavirus.
0: But he's a guy
1: that's gonna be able to step in right now, high end talent. It'll be interesting to see how how much pop he still has left after uh, that ACL tear. I think he tore it in November, so he's still rehabbing at Oklahoma. But if they can get him healthy and get him back to form, it's going to be a tremendous uh, boom to the program because they really need a running back here. And just getting him in the fold with uh, a healthy Steel Chambers and Marcus Crowley coming back, it is much needed for the program because you have a veteran in there that plays in a similar style of offense at Oklahoma, where he's used to being able to play out of the spread. So getting Trey Sermon in the fold uh, kind of eases your eases the tension at that running back position because this is going to be a a banner year for Ohio State. I know Trey Sermon grew up ten ten miles from Justin Fields and they've known each other you know since they were kids. So the the familiar familiarity is there for him. If you look at his Twitter, he just recently started following Tony Alford, so that's kind of a dead giveaway there. Um, but I think it's going to be a situation where he um, was a, a big-time runner for Oklahoma, and things kind of fell sour there. He started losing some touches and got hurt. Um, so he's finding for he's looking for greener pastures, and I think Ohio State, like you said, is the perfect fit for him.
0: So much good news on the show that we've talked about so far. We're going to end the show with – Some bad news, a young man we'll all be rooting for, but DJ Carton, the Ohio State freshman point guard, has announced he will transfer from Ohio State. He's not announced where yet. I imagine it'll be somewhere somewhat close to his home in Bettendorf, Iowa. A young man that was dealing with uh, some personal issues. Um, you know, some anxiety, um, and, you know, me- mental health is, is nothing to, obviously, to take lightly. I just wish the young man well, and I hope Buckeye fans wish him well. I mean, obviously, we all wish that it would have worked out well. This kid is a, uh extremely talented basketball player, Mr. Basketball out of the state of Iowa. Uh, I think he's going to do very well, but uh, yeah, obviously some bad news there for Ohio State that uh, D.J. Carton's leaving the program. Just your thoughts, Jay Book.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate to see the kid go. One thing you can be proud of is, through it, that entire situation, Ohio State has handled themselves with nothing but class. Going down from the, the basketball program, even Gene Smith, they, they gave him the utmost support, and they were willing to just help him out as much as possible, and not necessarily because he's a basketball player, it's because they care about their student-athletes. And as you mentioned, uh, taking someone's mental health um, into account is very serious in today's age, and you wish this kid nothing but the best. And the thing that you really like to see is that he said that he has nothing but love for Ohio State. He loves the community, he loves the program. It's just that he needs to have a fresh start. So in this instance, you know, for him as far as his mental health, it which is the most important thing. You wish him nothing but the best, and Godspeed.
0: Absolutely, very well said. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Stay safe, Bucknutters. Let's try the Buckeye Swag, best damn band in the land.